0: Good to be at church, isn't it? Anybody agree that it's good to be at church? You know, I love this place. I really love this place. I love I love the people. I love what God is doing here. I am passionate about what God is doing in this house for this time. You know, I am passionate about seeing people transformed to become more like Jesus in this house. You know, I, 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 I I am passionate about seeing people come to know God. Find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I think that if this is my fav- one of my favorite places in the world, then this has to be my favorite time. It's family time. Look at somebody on the left or right and tell them it's family time this morning. Like you believe it as well. You know, in, in family, we're real together, aren't we? In family, we're real. In family, we're honest. We come as we are. You know, and as family, we, this is God's house here. We come as children. You know, we just come as children. We come with nothing holding us back. We can laugh. It's okay to laugh in church. You know, it's okay to cry in church. It's okay to sing, to dance, to fail, to succeed. Because God's house is a place of grace. It's a place of freedom. It's a place where people can find their purpose. You know, it is a wonderful. Wonderful place, you know. And it's Action Sunday this Sunday. An opportunity where we just get the opportunity to activate something in you as a church. We say, look at all the projects that we've got going. Look at all the amazing things that we are already doing as a community. Is there anything else that you want to join in? We're a bit, bit cheeky, like I know you serve on that team. Do you want to serve on this team as well? Do you want to do a bit of that? Do you want to do a bit of this? Do you want to do that? You know. And actually, but more than that, I I, I want to move past that, and I want to move into an Action Sunday that moves us just from in this house because this is a training ground into the world. Where we begin to serve the plans and the purposes of God, not just in this house, and we do, but also we take it out into the world around us. I want to be active as we pray, so we stand with me. Um, and what I want you to do is, I want you to put your 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 hand on the just on the to the person on the, on the right of you. So just get your hand, put put it on the shoulder. Looks quite. We're not going to dance. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, just shuffle along. I just want you to pray a really simple prayer, okay? I want you to just pray a simple prayer over the person on the right-hand side of you. Um, just pray that they will receive what God has from this morning. That they will receive the word that speaks directly into the situation. You know, and if you're on the end, think, I oh, don't worry, I'll pray for you as well. And I'm going to prophesy some words into this morning that I believe are significant. God, come. By the power of your Holy Spirit, come. God, we invite you to be here. Will we have open ears and open hearts to receive what you have got for us? God, we want a morning of breakthrough, God. We want a morning of encounter, a morning of salvation, a morning of forgiveness, God, a morning of freedom, a morning of recommitment, of reconciliation, of recommissioning. God, a morning of discovering our purpose that you've got for us. We thank you and we love you and we honor you that you are here this, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take your seats. As we said, we're in the middle of a series discovering our purpose. We've been sort of really looking at actually how as a church can we get behind? How can we find out what we're purposed to do and how can, we, how can we live it out? We've looked at topics of discovering your purpose through community. We've, we've looked at topics of discovering identity on purpose. We've looked at discovering your purpose through discovery. I'm going to bring this series into land as it, as, it, it, as it would. We've got some guest speakers going to come and preach next couple of weeks. But I'm going to bring it into land with finding your purpose through service. Um, if you've got your notebooks get them out if you've got your your, your phone I won't be offended unless you're on Facebook or Twitter And just want to make some notes of what God's speaking to you because actually I believe that the word of God is alive and it becomes particularly alive when it's applied You know, until that point it's just black and white words on a piece of paper but when it's applied it becomes real and it manifests inside of us and it comes to life and so spirit don't just ruffle our feathers this morning change us change us God Amen. You know, the word of God is always encouraging, isn't it? Always encouraging. It's always powerful, but rarely comfortable. Rarely comfortable. It's always powerful, and it's rarely comfortable. And so if you feel a little bit itchy this morning, it's okay. You know, if God's beginning to shift something inside your heart, it's okay. Because actually what he's doing, is going, come on, we're shifting you, because you're going in a new direction. I want you to see new things. I want you to see a new perspective. I want to say you're free this morning. If you hear something that you agree with, free, feel free to nod. I know, you feel free, you feel free to nod. And there's two, there's two types of nods, so I just want to clarify. You've got, no, you've got nodding and you've got nodding off. And that's not, I don't, I don't want anybody nodding off. And I've had, I have had that before and people were sort of like a couple rows back and catching flies. And you're like, Flying. So if, if you really agree with something I say, maybe you could verbalise it, say, I agree with that. Yes. Maybe if, you really, if you're going to get wild, you could say, come on. You could, give a, you, could, you could give a hearty, come on. And actually, the hearty, come on, is, is particularly good. If you've got, like, Aunt Edna, who's been, you catch her nodding, but the wrong type, you're nodding off. A hearty, come on, just stirs her back, doesn't it? Come on! <laughs> wake it up. Wake it up. No, when you, when, you, when you preach a message, I find a lot of times that God makes you live it first. You know, when you preach a message and you're preparing, you're preparing, and God's sort of like, so, yeah, but do you want it to live it first? And then you can preach it, you know? I, uh, I went to TEDx on um, Friday. I had the opportunity of work to go to TEDx. If you don't know what TEDx is? It's essentially where people come from all over the world. They share ideas. They share sort of thoughts on um, a variety of different topics. And um, I, I went for the first two hours. So um, the first session. So I got up a bit early. Drove up to the university. Found a, myself a parking space. And uh, kind of like went to parallel in and, all, and made that noise. <laughs> on the front, didn't I? As I came and I swung and caught the car in front of me. and that, that, You know, that feeling that makes you feel a bit sick, doesn't it, when you do that? Anybody else scrape their car? Don't leave me a... Yes. So it's a... It's a yeah. And you know they've written off their car. <laughs> you know, but actually, um, I kind of, I was, I was kind of like, I don't really know what to do. I was, I was, you just kind of get into a bit of a panic. That's what I found. I was in a bit of a panic, so I just I, wondered, I just went off to TEDx. So I just I just I just went off to TEDx, and I thought it was, it was only paintwork. I got to tell you, it's only paintwork. So I'm not, I haven't like l- he's not like not going to be able to move off. He, it's just a bit of paintwork. I've gone off to TEDx. I've listened to what they talked about. Two hours later, I come back and I try and drive off. I'm the terrible Christian. I shouldn't be preaching. I try to drive off. I try to drive. I go, it's not that bad, and I'd literally get just pull out and I go, I've got to come back. I drive all the way down to the, end of the road, come back, park back in, and uh, I'm looking around in my car and I find a pen and I'm going, well, where am I going to leave a note? What am I going to use to you know, write, write a note with? I haven't got any paper around. I, I just look into the passenger sort of foothold and I, I've got some paper plates that we used for a youth um, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'm writing, I'm going, oh, flipping heck, I've got to write this note on this paper, paper plate. I'm writing, dodging the source. You know, trying to like sort of like round the sort the, the barbecue sauce stains on the plate. Right, I'm really sorry. I wrote a note a bit like this. I went, I'm really sorry. I've scraped your car. I've taken photos. Um, here's my dad's number. <laughs> no, I'm 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 serious. I'm I'm serious. I wrote here's my dad's number. He has the insurance details. And so I I thought well, that's that's good to me. He he knows what he's talking about. He, I texted him. I said, Dad, I've scraped my car, but I've left your number. Don't worry. And he says. I, I, I drive off he texts me back saying why have you left my number so I arrive home that night into a bit of a tense situation I won't lie to you it's a little bit kind of walk through the door and he's like Josh come on what's going on like what, why are you leaving my number and I said I explain the fact that he has all the insurance details he'd in his brain had concocted this image that I'd written a note something like this like I Aaron Richardson <laughs> pastor of Riverside Church scraped your car on this date at this time I am very sorry sorry again Aaron It was me, by the way. And then, you know, I finished it off. And actually, um, I I, I did feel terrible. I came back to to mum afterwards. I said, mum, I had to to write. I had to write. I only had a paper plate. I had to write a note because I'm preaching on Sunday. I couldn't have lived with myself. I might have burst into flames up here. So... uh, (laughs) But, you know, he makes us live it, doesn't he? He makes us, you know, he makes us live it. So let's crack into the word, shall we? Um, If you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Luke 10. I'm looking at um, particularly verses 25 all the way through down to 37. Starting at 25. Luke 10, 25 says this. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Simply put, you want to find purpose this morning? You find it in this verse. Really simple. It contains everything for an eternal purpose, not a temporary one. Love God, love people. Job done. Preach you know Honestly, that's that is it. You know, you want to live a, you want to discover your purpose through service. Start there. Love God, love people. You know, love God, love people. How do I know that my mum loves me? Well, is it because she tells me? I didn't, I thought she was, she told me she wasn't gonna be in today, so I, I didn't actually I didn't know she was gonna be here, but how do I know that she loves me? Is it because she tells me? Well, she does tell me, but sometimes, you know, our politicians tell us lots of things, but they're empty promises, aren't they? You know, but my mum shows me. She serves me. She gives up herself for me. She's had early starts. She's had late finishes. She's cooked meals. She's driven me everywhere. She's hugged me when I've cried. She's picked me up where, where I fell. She's told me off when I've needed it. Rarely, but on occasion. <laughs> she's cleaned me up. Blood, sick, the like. She's cleaned it up off me. You know, she sacrificed herself time and time again, her comfort, her time, because she loves me. We love and we serve. We serve because we love, they're interwined. God showed us the way. John three, sixteen, for God so loved He gave. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. God is not a politician with empty words. His words are truth and they're backed by action. Every single one of his words is backed by action. It says this in Mark ten forty five: For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' life is a demonstration of a life that perfectly honoured God. Yeah, it perfectly, in everything that he did, it perfectly honoured God. And so it's a great example for us of how we should live our Christian lives. What did Jesus spend most of his time doing? Jesus' life is perfect, perfectly honoured God. What did he spend most of his time doing? Serving people they're interwined, love God and love people, they go together, greater love has no greater form than this, to lay down one's life for one's brothers, we're called to serve, you know, we're called to love, we're called to sacrifice ourselves for each other, for the people in the world and if you're waiting for God to call you to a life of servitude, he has, you know, we can, I know a lot of times I have waited. I've said, God, if you are going to call me to sort of serve, then you can call me. And then I'll read the word and it says, well, he has. We need to live it. It's the live in it that, you know, makes the word become alive. You know, so we know we need to serve, but who are we serving? And we return to that question. The expert of the law asked Jesus. He said, who's my neighbor? I'm going to read from verse 31. It's, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, listen to this, he felt compassion for him. Starts there. Go over to him. This, um, going sorry, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling tell him, take care of this man. And if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who, attacked by, who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, first three, I'm just going to particularly comment on, yes, now, Go, yes, now, today, go. There's something about the, the, we, we we wait, don't we? We wait, we wait for the right time, we wait for the right place. God's saying, yes, now, go. You know, and he and he says it, and he says, it, I think that the first thing we need to understand when it comes to discovering our purpose through services, we need to understand that we are positioned correctly. That you know, we are positioned to serve. But what does it mean? It means that we are positioned to serve the person on our path. God has placed people, people, groups around you, in front of you, on your path, that he is calling you to reach out to. And it, look, this, I don't preach complicated messages. I never do. It's so simple. You know, there's, God puts everything before you. He puts people before you to, to reach out to. And let's not be guilty of waiting for the right, right person at the right time, in the right moment. God's saying, now... Now's the right moment. Now's the right moment. You know, you know. might never know the need of someone unless you have a conversation. You need to have a conversation. Initiate conversations this week. This, is a, this message is practical because, like I said, these words are dead if you don't live it. So this is practical. This week, go out. Initiate conversations. Ask people for what their needs are. Jesus goes up to the blind man. He says, what can I do for you? Like, he's blind, Jesus. Like, can you, like, he's blind. What can I do for you? We need to be asking people the question, what can I do for you? Sometimes we get caught looking at things going, this is your need. I know your need. Why don't you ask him? Why don't you ask him? You know, I think sometimes we uh, fall into the trap of believing that everything that happens around us is accidental until the intentional hits us. But actually, God deals always in the intentional. Our lives are just going from his intention to his intention. There's no, he doesn't deal in accidents He's deals in intention. He's placed you in the places that he wants you to be in. You know the part, the people that work with us. It's not about accident. You don't just happen to live on the same street as somebody. You don't just happen to be served by somebody in Subway. You don't just happen just to bump into people on the train. You know, and then we we wait for this lightning bolt moment where where just all of a sudden a light shines down. <laughs> And there's like a big sign appears above somebody's head and says, please pray for me. <laughs> and when we see that sign, I will know that I should pray for that person. That's not how it works. God has placed people in front of us. And we need to be asking the question, like Jesus did to the blind man. What's your need? What can, I, or what can I do for you? You know, God is so detailed. And if you don't believe me, read the Bible. Jesus interwines himself all the way through the Old Testament. It's so clever. All the way through, from the beginning, all the way up to when he gets there. Look at creation. Look around you at the wonder of creation. How everything in the world works together so harmoniously. You know, I, as a, at TEDx, there was a bloke there talking about AI, artificial intelligence. He started his presentation. Have you ever been to a TED talk? It's quite, quite dramatic. Not, I'm never dramatic here, am I? Never dra- but they're quite dramatic. And he started off by saying, look around you. Everything around you is a product of intelligence. And I agreed with him up to this point. And he said this, of human intelligence. And I was like, no. I don't believe it. Because he, and he said, look at the buildings. Look at the chairs. Look at the computers. Look at the phones. And I thought, look at the people. Look at the people. Because he'd missed it. Because when he was looking at the structures and actually, and he actually he was looking at the product of the people, not the people. And we need to stop looking at the product of the people and we need to look at the people because God has specifically placed them around us. We've um, just launched these sessions at work. I work uh, for an accountancy practice. We call them Lunch and Learns. Basically, what they are is the opportunities for myself and my colleagues in my department to develop our presentational skills. Um, and so, what we do is we get you—you you, you can pick a topic on anything you want. You sort of like you—you you, you get given the boardroom for a lunchtime. they order in pizza or something like that, and you get to present on a topic. And um, we've, there's been all sorts of different things. How we do it in our department? Essentially, we are—we split into two different offices. So we're one department in two different offices: Torquay and Exeter. So the person who gets to present gets to travel to both Torquay and Exeter and deliver these presentations. And the brief was. You know, do, do something that you're passionate about. I mean, that's what my managers and partners told me. They told me, Josh, you know, everybody's just going to do something that you're passionate about. And we had the first one this week. And we had this girl from Turkey come up, and she shared her passion for essential oils. And I didn't know people were passionate about that, but the P-O-R, the, the people, are pa- people are passionate about that. And, um, and, my, and my partner and manager came and spoke to me afterwards, and they said, oh, Josh, we want you to go next, we want, we want you to go next. And before they even, when they said that, I, I, I knew what I was going to do. I knew what I was going to do. I, I knew I was going to talk about what I do here with the youth, the, the, what I'm seeing in the climate of the young people in this, in, in this area, um, what, some of the hope that actually what our projects bring, some of the love of Jesus, and actually, before I could even say anything, my partner said, "Oh, well, we wondered if you could do something about, like, um, stuff you do at youth and church and stuff. I said, yes. But she doesn't know what she's done. She doesn't know what she's done. Because actually, what she, she, she doesn't know what she's done. She, she, she has invited something of the presence of God, something of the hope of Jesus. to be, to, And that is an opportunity. I could believe that's an accident. I could do a presentation on American football, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. There's no accidents. God has placed me intentionally. My manager this week, um, he left, um, and so we had like um, a, a leaving meal for him, and he's a staunch atheist, um, and we've had many a conversation about Jesus, church, Christians, you know, and our experience of all those things, and um he, uh, he 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 he's remained staunch all the way through, um, but actually I said I, as I re- was writing his call, I said I'm not going to let him go until I've mentioned something about about Jesus or, or church. And I said, Richard, uh, I'm praying for you um, as you go into this next stage. Um, if you ever want to pop into church, I'll be there. And and so one of my colleagues read it and they said. I don't think I'll see that happen. And I said, we'll see. Because I have this naive faith that God can use me and my broken, grace-covered testimony to make a difference into the place I'm at. And he does it for you. And he does it for you. You're never a God of accident. We undersell him, don't we? There's so much purpose in your placement this morning, guys. So much purpose in, in, in your position, in your workplaces, in your schools, in your colleges, in your coffee shops, in your families, in your friends, in your gyms. Wherever you spend your time, it is intentionally that you have been placed there. God doesn't deal in accidents. Look, my dad, is he's the minister of this church here. We talked about it. Don't really like talking about it too much, but... Occasionally, you have to bring him up. And he ministers his church. And if if somebody, if one of you guys in the church, let's say you work, your name's Andre. I'm just making up. If there's anybody called Andre, I'm sorry. And you work in a dental practice, and you notice somebody in your dental practice, you're a colleague you work with, has gone through a marriage breakup, and actually, you can see they need ministry in. Do you, if you rung up my dad and said, Aaron, it's Andre here, the dental practice nurse or whatever, um, I, I see a man and he's going through a marriage breakup. Could you come? He needs something to minister to him. Could you come down and minister to him, please? You know what he'd say? No. You do it. <laughs> not, he's not. He's in a nicer way, maybe. but <laughs> wouldn't be so fun. But, you know, you do it. You do it. You are the one who's been positioned. God has placed you in the position that you are in for now. For For now. Mark Batterson, he's a pastor and author of a church in Washington, D.C. He says this. He said, God is in the business of strategically positioning us at the right place at the right time. A sense of destiny is our birthright as followers of Christ. God is awfully good at getting us where he wants us to go, but here's the catch. The right place often seems like the wrong place, and the right time often seems like the wrong time. Who agrees with that? Yeah? Because actually, you know why? The enemy's whispering in your ear. He's saying, actually, no, no, no that's not the right time. That's not the right time. Not the right time. God saying "Go now, now go." You know. Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. He ministered from a prison. Jesus ministered as he hung on the cross. You know, even in your difficulty, I don't know what your situation is here this morning, that you can minister where you're at. You can minister where you're at. I want to read um, just a bit in Genesis 40, if that's okay. Turn it in your Bibles if, you, if you're really quick, rapid fire. Genesis 39, Joseph gets arrested. He gets chucked into a prison for a crime he doesn't commit. It's like the start of an action movie. And he's, and he's placed in there, And It's not a particularly nice place, but it says in 39 that he finds favor with the guards. And essentially, he's ended up put, put in charge of looking after other prisoners in that place. It says this from, um, from Genesis 40, verse 1. It says, sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. And When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but nobody can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. You now, I love this. Because Joseph is in a difficult place. He is in a dark and dingy place, literally. Literally in a dark and dingy place. It's not a nice place. Yeah, he's, he is in prison. And yes, he's been given responsibility, but it's not really a dream. It's not really like the log flume at Alton Towers. He's in prison. You know, he's in prison. But he's not wallowing. And this is what I love. He's not wallowing because we wallow. Don't we No, we wallow? Sometimes, oh God... This situation is just so rough. My, I've, my ingrown toenail has just really done me in. And actually, he, does it. He, does, he looks straight past his situation. He looks to the person. He'll look past the situation that you're in. Look at the people around you. Because there's purpose in that place. There's purpose in that place. And I love Joseph. I love the fact that he's not in the corner going, Oh, poor me. Because if he was, he would miss the needs of the people around him. And we've been missing the needs of the people around us sometimes because we've been wallowing. And God's calling us saying, no more wallowing. Get your head up. Look around. And he says, what does he say? He says, why do you look so worried? Simple question. We can ask this question every day. Real application this week. Just go and ask somebody, you just look a bit bit worried. You just look a bit tired. Is everything all right? Is there anything I can do for you? Service. Service is all about serving. I think sometimes we, when we make serving more complicated, we make it like, almost like a process of we have to meet somebody. And if we, we meet somebody, we're going to ask them to serve. And we're going to sort of like, come across and go, can I serve? Can I serve you? Is there anything I can do for you? And they, or, or the opposite, we wait for somebody to come to us and fall at our feet and sense that we're just a man of God and a presence of God and say, oh, could you help me? Could you pray for me? Could you do this? Could you do that? It doesn't happen. We have to initiate properly. We have to go up to people and say, how are you going? How's your week been? Have you had a good one? Smile, laugh, be kind. It opens up the doorways to so many conversations. opens up the doorways, sniff around, for, sniff around for needs all the time. I think something that disqualifies us sometimes when we come to serve is that we don't feel that we are qualified. We don't feel like we've got the relevant qualifications to be able to serve God efficiently. You know? Well, I, 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 God, I'll, I'll serve you once, once I get my stuff together. Once I once I get past this situation in life, once I get past this time, God, then I'll serve you then. But God's calling you, no, go now. You know that that come back to that thing that we we talked about earlier. Go now. You know, in the story of the Good Samaritan, who are the people that were qualified to help? We'd say probably the you know, the priest, yeah, and the temple assistant. You know, they spend all their time talking about sort of service, and they, they know this. They know what God's word is all the way through the Old Testament, but actually they just they look they look past the person. And they look on to there just where they're going next. You now the priest, he would have seen the man, he sees we know he sees the man, but he wasn't allowed to touch anything that was dead because he would make him unclean ceremoniously. So what he does is he sees the man, he, I mean he doesn't check he doesn't really check he's dead, but he just he just walks past him because he's going on to his next de- destination, because it might affect him. What happens if, 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 if it affects me? We do the same thing, you know? What God, God what, what, if, what, what if what if I reach out to somebody and they affect me? What if, what, if, what if some of the stuff that's going on in their life begins to transfer across to what I'm going on and we live these lives of we, we could be affected? But no, God's saying, don't be affected, be affecting. Be affecting change in the people around you. Stop living a life and a mentality of going, I could be affected by the world. No, you're affecting the world. You're affecting your world. You're affecting the world that God has placed you, he's positioned you right in the middle of. It says that, yes, somebody was sleeping. Who was sleeping? Kyle, was that you? He's trying to catch you sleeping. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and what? The darkness stifles it? Nope. Subdues it? No. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. It can't. It can't. When you carry Jesus, you walk into situations, tricky situations, complicated situations, complicated people's lives with a sense of just so much love because when you've got Jesus inside you, you've got love inside you. You've got purpose inside you. You know, when I understand that I'm not an accident, but I'm intentionally positioned minister of what Jesus has got for me. I stop looking past the people and I realise that it's the people that it's all about. It's the people that it's all about. I want you this this week to know it's about the people. God is God is a God of the people. He's actually, He doesn't I mean when I look at it, I can't understand. I'm going, God, you are so good. You're so big, you're so mighty. You're the one but He spends his time looking at us. He spends his time loving us. He doesn't spend his time going, I am awesome. I am so good. He spends his time going, you are awesome. You are good in the garden. He saw that it was good. You don't need to respect to recite the gospel. You don't need a bachelor's degree in theology. You don't need to have a script that will break down the hardest of atheists to start a conversation. You just need to be willing to be used by God. Just need to be willing to be used. Smile at people. Like I said, encourage them. Be kind. Sniff out opportunities. What's that? You have a fence that needs painting. You have a dog that needs walking. You need a night off from the kids, from the wife. What? <laughs> what whatever. What, what? You know. What, what? Whatever it is. See the need and feel the need. Love your neighbor. Says this. Love your neighbor. Says. Um, well, if you're going to paint a fence, if you need to paint your fence, what do you do? You paint it, yeah? You paint your fence. You, you need to paint your fence, you paint your fence, yeah? Love your neighbour as yourself says. If your neighbour needs something to paint his fence, you paint his fence. You know. And we need to get this habit. If, if the neighbour needs something to wash your car, you wash their car. That's loving your, loving your neighbour as yourself. Because I wonder how often, actually, if we're really honest with ourselves, and I'm saying this to myself as well. How much of our time in our, in our thoughts is split between us and others? It's very one-sided. In on my, my experience, on my life, I can tell you that probably I would say that maybe more than maybe even 90 to 10. That sounds, but you just spend you're so focused in your program, you're so focused in on going on to the next place, moving from this, doing that, doing this, doing this, bum bum bum, and you miss the people that are in front of you, and you miss the people that have been positioned intentionally around you. Sometimes we worry about getting it wrong, don't we? Sometimes we worry about saying the wrong things. Sometimes we worry about if, what if I start a conversation with somebody? What if I just sort of start a conversation with somebody about serving and I just stumble over my words? And God says to you, He says, You know, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Now you can take that to the bank because God said it. You know, he's, He doesn't change His words forever. That His power is made perfect in your weakness. You don't have to have it all together. Start out small. Do something small, wash a car, paint a fence, smile. It makes a huge difference. Let the joy move from being so deep down, nobody ever feels it or sees it, to being on your face. You know, that's what we should carry as Christians. Dream big. Dream big, you know, start small, but dream big because God has placed things inside of you. He's placed people groups and people that he wants you to look at and go, actually, I want to make a difference in other lives. And we look at ourselves and we go, "We're we're not big enough. I'm too shy. I'm too scared. And you just put in what you need to put in and God will make up the rest. Put in what you've got and God will always make up the rest. He's been doing that for me all the way through. I applied for my current job four years ago. My current job is in a top 40 accountancy firm. I don't say that to boast because you're going to hear where I'm going with this in a second. I was working in a small de- finance department at the cathedral. Three women, middle aged women who used to love to mother me, and it was a great time. I had so much tea and cake. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. You know, and I applied for this job at this, this top 40 accountancy practice, and my GCSEs were reasonable, but they were not great, and they would not have gotten today if I applied for the same role. You know, I studied a B-tech at college, not A-levels. Nobody else had ever come through my company studying a B-tech before me. But you know, when God wants you in a door, he opens it. When he wants you in a room, he opens the door for you. And he made a way for me. He made a way for me. At 20 years old, the youth pastor of this church went on to new things. I was given the task of coordinating the youth and youth ministry of this church. I knew nothing. And I know less now than I did then. <laughs> Honestly, you know, generally, I, I, I don't know a lot of times what I am doing. I, all I do is I give God what I have and He makes up the rest. Give God what you have and He will make up the rest. I have no qualifications in youth work. You know, I have no real experience apart from being a kid and now not being a kid, being an old, bigger kid. You know, but I have no idea how to deal with some of the complexities of the issues that I face on a weekly basis. I just don't know. But i found myself time and time again in those situations where kids are just unravelling things that are ridiculously complex, ridiculously deep, ridiculously hurtful. That actually God just gives me words and my team, wisdom and words to speak into situations. And I know it's God because it's too clever, it's too wise, it's too spot on to be me. It's too good. I've felt out of my depth. I'll be really honest with you. Honestly, I, there's points where I have been really out of my depth. Well, I, I generally, I just don't know. I, I've got no idea how to deal with a situation. I've got no, how to deal, deal, no idea how to deal with a problem. But I've learned this over two years. I've learned that actually it's okay to be out of your depth if he's where he wants you to be. If he wants you to be out of your depth, you're safe, safe as houses. Because he's got you, he has got you, absolutely got you. And sometimes you get into this position, God is pushing some of you out of your depth, even in this next coming season. And, and, and we almost get to this point of thrashing around. We're like, you know when you're out of your depth and you learn to swim, just like thrashing around, throw your arms, throw your legs everywhere. Your body's just like full motion. And God's just saying, just rest. I've got you. Now, I'm preparing you for even what's next ahead. And even though you, don't, you feel like you may drown, he won't let you drown. He won't let you drown. A very simple message. Love God. Serve God. Love people. Serve people. So, what's next? What's next? Do it. No, do it. Let's not talk about it. It's boring to talk about it anymore. Let's go out and do it. Look at a person. Really look at them this week. Every person you meet as being an intentional, God given opportunity to grow and to see his kingdom advanced. Yeah? yeah? Come on, because actually this is that's how the kingdom's advanced. We're, let's not stop and be like, mm, well, well, Jesus will just come and he'll bring people to me. He's brought people to you. He's been bringing people to you and we've been missing them. So it's time, mate, do you want us to tinkle away? He is. Where's the... Not like that, on the piano. Live lives intentionally. Serving the King. I hope as I've spoken, God's just placed just maybe a person, a couple of people in your heart that actually He's placed in front of you and you know He has. And just as we've been talking, they've been thinking maybe, maybe they're difficult people. God, I don't want to reach out to angry Andy. He's angry. But actually, you know, God is calling you. He has given you the tools and the capabilities. He's placed within you what He wants you to have for a time like this. I want to finish where I started with loving God and loving people. I've been running it all the way through. and I don't know if there's somebody here who hasn't got that loving God right just yet. Loving God and serving God. Actually, maybe you're not Christian or maybe you don't even know if you are. Your relationship with God has just kind of become affected. Maybe you were a Christian a long time ago. Maybe you had a good relationship with God and you've just kind of like really drifted and you're finding it hard to connect back with God. This morning could be a morning of recommitment where we say again, God, I want to serve you again. Now, I know that there's people people that need what I've got inside of me. There's people that need what you've got inside of them. And so will you just get my relationship back right with you again? I can make a difference. So we're going to bow our heads. And if that's you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray. I'm going to pray. And if that's you, just join with me. Father God, we are sorry for the times where we've messed up. We know that there's times where we've fallen short. God. But we ask us, we ask you. Will you clean us up? Will you take all the dirt, all the grime, move it away? Thank you. At the cross, Jesus paid for it all. Clean us up. And then God, send us out. God, clean us up and send us out. Send me into the world with my newfound Jesus inside of me. And freshly taking it to every single person that I meet, never missing opportunities. Trying my best, smiling, being kind, making a difference. That's you. Every eye... I, you pray that prayer and you say actually God I, I want to make that decision I want to follow you I want to serve you I want to serve you and want to follow you just put your hand up Watch everybody everybody's got their eyes closed apart from me me and Jesus the only people to see anybody want to do that don't miss a chance opportunities God has intentionally put you in your seat to hear this message today great great and I want to do another appeal if you are here and you want to commit with me today Say that I will not miss opportunities this week. I want to make a decision that actually this week and everything that I do, I will step out. I will see the people around me as opportunities. I want you to stand. Will you just stand with me. If you want to say that, stand. I want. To, I want to take a stand. I want to say that God, whatever you've got for me, however that looks, or like, whatever person that you put in front of me—angry Andy or nice Nora, whatever—whoever—that I want to serve your you. I want to serve the person. I'm going to paint fences. I'm going to clean bins. I'm going to clean cars. Whatever you're going to do. And so just open your hands up before him as he's just going to fill you. Just too bad to do that this week, to overflow. God, come with your presence. Fill us to do and equip us to do what you have for us to do this week. Let us see people as they are. God-given children opportunities to advance the kingdom. We love you that you love us. And so we just receive that now. In Jesus' name.